there can you can find a number of attorneys who can do the work, but what makes you different from somebody else? And part of your personality and how you make people feel is part of your value proposition. Hey, this is Mike Ambassador Bruni, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of No More Reasonable Doubt, a show focused on empowering young professionals of color who are just starting their career. We help to remove doubt, gain confidence, and have more impact at work. One important piece to making all this happen is getting exposure to different people and career paths. Today, our special guest is Asha Wilkerson from the Wilkerson Law Office. Welcome, Asha. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate um, being on your show tonight. Well, I'm so glad to have you. And one of the first questions that people usually want to know is, where are you originally from? I am originally from Portland, Oregon, and usually when I tell people that, they go, oh my God, there's black people up there. Yes, there are some black people up there um, beyond just my parents and myself, but there are there are a few black people up there. That's where I originally come from. Excellent. I love Portland. I've, I've had an opportunity um, to go there probably about five years ago now. It was the first time I went there because of a conference, uh, WDS, World Domination Summit, mm-hmm. and uh, I also spent a number of years working for Intel. And oh, yeah. uh, I spent some, t- I spent some time out there and I actually took like a week and visited a friend and I just hung out in, in, in Portland, Oregon. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Portland's a great place. It has changed a lot since I left about 12 years ago or 13 years ago. So it's an even cooler place now than it was when I left and went to college. <laughs> Excellent. Now tell us more about what you do for work. We have you as pretty much the owner of your own law, law office. What, what, what does that mean? What's a, what's a quote-unquote typical day like for you? Yeah, so I would say that my days are probably anything but typical. It is true. I do run my own in business and employment law practice, but I also do probably too many other things as well, which includes teaching exercise classes. I also teach at a community college and uh, at a university as well. But the primary, I guess the bulk of what I do is that I am a practicing attorney um, and I work with business owners or people looking to form businesses. So I help them choose the right entity for their idea. I get them started with contracts. I advise them through the formation process. And then when they get ready to hire employees, I help them on that end as well. I teach them what the law says. I show them how to do it properly. I handle any complaints or disputes that arise. And then I'm kind of there you know, inside or outside, inside counsel, I guess you could call it. So part, I become a part of their team. Excellent. Now, where did you go to school and what did you study? So I got to California um, from through Santa Clara University, which is right next door to San Jose, California. And then I went to UC Hastings, which is a part of the University of California system. It's a standalone law school in San Francisco. So I did all of my higher education here in the Bay Area. Excellent. I've actually been to your undergrad. Awesome. It's yeah. a beautiful place. It is a beautiful place. If few people haven't been there. You just need to go. I just I just went there. I have a habit of doing that when I'm in town, is uh, going to colleges and introducing myself. So. Yeah. Santa Clara is a great place. It's a, it's a good, small community. It's a beautiful campus, and it's right in the heart of Silicon Valley. So there's a lot of great contacts around there as well. Great. Uh, now, are you doing what you thought you'd be doing after college? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. 
my entire life and even through college, I knew that I was going to be a teacher. I was going to be in education. And I had signed up to work with the Boys and Girls Club in Portland after my freshman year of college. And the freshman year I did it, after the summer of my freshman year, I went back and worked in Portland. The next year I was supposed to return to the Boys and Girls Club, but somehow their funding got cut and my job got cut. So fortunately for me, um, the dean of the law school admissions came to one of our Black Student Union meetings and told us about this pre-law program. And I had never considered law. It just didn't, it didn't cross my mind at all. But it was a great program where they paid you to attend this four-week program. You got to take law school courses. You got to meet with judges and legal professionals. And I thought, well, you know, I'm out of a job. They're going to pay me to do this. Let me see what it looks like. So I did that program, and that was my first introduction to law. I liked it, so I came back as a counselor my next year, so my junior going into my senior year. And then the same thing once I graduated and was on my way to law school. And I applied to law school because I enjoyed the program, but I thought, you know, why don't I apply and see what happens? That's kind of my philosophy philosophy in life. I don't really turn down any opportunities. I say, let me, let me just apply and see what happens and see where we go from there. So I applied to law school and ended up getting in, and I knew in December, so it was a great Christmas gift for me that year, and then I thought, well, if I got into law school, maybe I don't need to, you know, apply to schools to go be a teacher right now. So that's how I ended up in law school. But ironically, I find myself, or I guess I've just, you know, become aware enough to know that I am still in teaching roles. I'm just not doing it in the way that I thought that I would when I was younger. Great. I love the story about uh, how you learned about uh, kind of law as a profession. And, you know, from time to time, we find that, and it's almost like those aha moments. And what was that, that, uh, that trigger that, that, um, that opened your eyes to something? So that was, that was really cool. Now, what advice would you give to someone who aspires to do what you do and is just starting out? Uh, well, do you mean aspires to be an attorney or to own your own business or to create your own path? You want me to answer all three of those or you want to pick one? That is, that's a great, you know, what I feel, it's my best friend is, uh, is an attorney. I feel like saying that's a great question, counselor. Right. Uh, right. That's what I feel like saying right there. It's like, that's a great question, counselor. And, um, why don't we take, why don't we take all three? If, 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 you know, if, if you're up for it, let's take these individual individually people, let's say the person is in uh, zero to three years out of school. They're just starting their career and they, and they may be thinking, um, uh, law. Uh, so we had law, we had business owner. What was the third one? Um, oh geez. Was it educate? Was it educator? Or creating your own path, creating your own path. So let's start with law. All right. So someone actually just asked me the other day if I could talk to his niece about, you know, what she should major in an undergrad. And in law school, I found myself surrounded by people who had just come out of undergrad, like myself. Some of those folks were English majors. Some of them were dance majors, but had taken, you know, some sub substantive courses, of course. Um, some people were political science majors. Some were econ majors. There isn't really a right major or a correct major that will get you into law school. Having talked to some people on the admissions committee, a lot of them are looking for 
high test scores. It is true. It's something we, a hurdle we do have to surpass, but also just a well-rounded person. So law schools are looking at how are you going to be able to add to their community? And really what they're looking at is how are you going to make the school look good once you graduate? So admissions criteria are all based on, you know, they're looking at numbers, looking at the schools that people come from. They want to be able to say, once people graduate, we have this many judges or we have this many district attorneys or we have X amount of public defenders. They want people to be going to big time law firms. And so they're picking those candidates that they think will get there, which is not always accurate, but that's, you know, understanding how the admissions process works. So the more desirable you can become as a candidate, whether it's through your community involvement, your test scores, your writing skills, the people you know who your letter of recommendations are, those things will all help you get into law school. And then once you get into law school, you have to, have to, have to pay attention to the academics, but you also need to start making connections and relationships with people. The folks that you are sitting next to in class are the people who will go out and be your colleagues five or 10 years from now, as soon as you graduate, actually. And people remember how you made them feel in law school. Nobody will know what your grades were, but they will remember the impression that you left upon them. So if you want to be a jerk when you're in school and don't really care about anybody else, that reputation is going to follow you. If you want to be kind to people, help people along the way, and be a resource for people, that reputation is certainly going to follow you along the way. And then after you graduate, you know, they're looking at your academic record, but they're also looking at who you're connected to. And I feel like as African Americans, we don't use our connections as much as, let's say, other ethnic groups do. And I don't know if that's because we're afraid to use them or we just don't know the people in places that can help pull us along. But those connections are certainly important for probably any professional career, but certainly the legal field as well. Say more. Um, I, I, I'm trying to separate you use connections versus have connections. Um, yeah. Well, I think in a sense that they are sort of the same. And I don't say use connections in the manipulative sense. Of course, of course, um, of course, yeah. Right. Which, but I think that some people really think that. They think, oh, I need to make this connection so that I can use it later and that will get me, you know, above and around people. Don't think about it like that. But if you know somebody on a hiring committee that knows you personally, they can speak to your credibility and character in a way that's different than someone who's just re read your resume. So there are things that um, your reputation precedes you, and that's totally separate from your ability to do the work. Because once we get out here, we're all educated. You know, people, we come a dime a dozen. Attorneys aren't, there can, you can find a number of attorneys who can do the work, but what makes you different from somebody else? And part of your personality and how you make people feel is part of your value proposition if you want to look at it more in business terms as well great well speaking of business terms i want to i want to um adjust the question a little bit and, okay and go because we went the legal route and i wanted i want to talk about because there may be this is who i'm picturing uh, as the audience for for us right now for our mm -hmm. conversation is someone who is 
currently working at a law firm. Mm -hmm. They're in that zero to three year. And Mm -hmm. talk to me about they're starting to think about opening their own firm. Right. You know, what advice would you, you know, someone who aspires and I don't even, I don't aspire maybe too strong of a word. I'm almost like they have like an inkling, you know, they, they saw someone with their Mm -hmm. own law firm and, you know, and the thought goes by their mind. What, what advice would you give them? Right. So I'm glad you asked that question because I actually met with somebody this morning who had the exact same question for me and um, grilled me, I mean, in a good way, right? Asked me everything I knew about starting my own practice. So I'm warmed up for this question. We actually sent them. We actually sent them. (laughs) Right, right. We actually sent them. (laughs) See, those are those connections, right? They pay off. Um, So I would say, you know, make a create a relationship with somebody who has done it before you. And one thing that I learned, I never set out to create my own law practice. I feel like I just sort of came into it. I just sort of fell into it. Um, So I started out in a law firm and then took some time to figure out what I wanted to do. I did medical malpractice defense initially, working with doctors and hospitals who had been sued for medical negligence. And I could see some political things happening within the law firm, and it was great to work with doctors and hospitals, but I always felt like I wanted to be a voice on behalf of the voiceless, right? So I wanted to do civil rights work or employment litigation. And so I set out to um, find some contract work from attorneys, And I got a little bit of work, but mostly I just ended up getting my own clients. And I think probably a year, year and a half went by and I thought, all right, look, Asha, you either have to be all the way in or out. Like you really need to go for this business or you need to go and get a job because you can't have one foot in and one foot out. And what I learned was I was so concerned about just doing the work, which you have to be, that I didn't understand how to run the office as a business. So I didn't, I didn't have any concept of the business idea. I didn't know anything about revenue, about profit. I didn't know anything about value proposition. I didn't know anything about, you know, what do I need to make each month in order to keep the lights on, live the lifestyle that I want to want to live. And how am I going to get those clients in the door? I was so concerned of going from case to case just to make ends meet. And so if you're thinking about starting a law firm, do some research and figure out what kind of business plan you need. And it's going to look different from everybody. And the one thing that is great about creating your own business is it can look like anything you want it to look like. So I have friends who want to be in the office from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. That sounds like a complete nightmare to me. I don't want that practice at all. I think that would be absolute torture. For me, I want a practice that is going to fund the lifestyle that I want to live, and I'm ready to travel the world. Ideally, I could work for two or three months and then take a month off come back and work for two, three, two or three months and then take a month off. And not completely off, but I mean being able to travel and do the things that I want to do. When I have kids, I want to be able to go to their you know, lunchtime recess and play with them. I want to make the parent-teacher conferences. I don't want to be um, a slave to the business, which is what happens a lot in corporate America. And if you set your business up that way, that's exactly how it will grow. So my advice is to look at the business plan, talk to some people who are doing the things that you want to do, and talk to some people who may not be doing exactly what 
you want to do, but talk to them and figure out how you would do it differently. Find their advice and then be patient with yourself in the process. Every business that I know of goes through the same startup kind of growing pains. And then by year two or year three, you know more than you did initially and you start to grow in different ways and ways that you didn't even know that you would be able to grow and didn't know that you needed to grow in. So you have to have an ounce of patience. Um, Figure out how much money you need to survive for three months at a time, six months at a time, so that when those months are slow, you can you know, survive in that time. The one thing about being an attorney is that a lot of people need legal services. And if you have the right skill set, you can trade services with people. So, you know, for instance, sometimes I'll trade, you know, a couple hours of legal work for a couple months of gym membership for, you know, and it's not necessarily an even trade, but I get to go in and use the gym whenever I want. I have a client that um, has a car repair shop. And so every time I need my car repaired, I go and take it to her business and then I work, do some legal work in an exchange for the payment on my car. So there isn't actually money that's trading hands, create those connections. And now you still need dollars. You still need money. You have to, you know, pay rent. You got to pay the bills and things like that, but figure out where those connections are and what you can barter with people along the way to help you grow your business. Also find out who your power partners are. For me and my business, my power partners are like shared workspaces. I go in there and I do um, presentations. I work with um, professional associations or organizations. If there are a group of merchants on a street that have you know, a merchant's association. I come in and I do employment law presentations or contracts presentations. Um, I work with churches and things like that. So figure out who your power partners are, figure out your game plan, and then be intentional about every step of the way as you move forward. Wow, that's 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 a great answer. I think they're going to be a, a lot of people are going to be uh, moved by that. Oh, good. It was long. I hope it. I hope it all made sense. No, it's it's perfect, and it makes for good, good, good chopping up. You know, good. stuff that I can I can splice up later in some oh, good. some interesting interesting way that I can't even think of yet. What do you wish you were told when you started your career? When you were in that zero to three period? Man, what do I wish I was told? I wish that somebody would have told me to be patient. Um. And to be in the moments and to be okay in the struggle. So when I was in school, I felt like school itself, it was easy to know what the next step was because when you're in middle school, you got to go to high school. When you're in high school, next step is college. College, next step is grad school. And in grad school, next step is graduation and get a job. When I first graduated, I felt like, what am I supposed to do now? I had a job. But I felt like I wasn't doing anything because all I was doing was going to work and, and coming home. And I recognize for most of America, that's what people do. But for me, who is used to being on all these different committees and things, that wasn't enough. So I enrolled in a French class. Um, and, and now I have the problem of doing too many things and not feeling like I'm progressing fast enough. But as I've gotten older and more mature, I suppose, maybe it doesn't have to do anything to do with age, I have gotten more comfortable in the uncomfortable spaces. So if business takes a dip, I'm okay with it taking a dip because then it's a learning opportunity to figure out what went wrong and what happened and how do I grow and come past this. So next time I see this problem, I know what to do next. But I think just in life, 
in general. We're on this hamster wheel. We're going, we're running, we're trying to work to pay the bills and we're, you know, not, don't really have this awareness of what is happening and what's going on. So my advice to the younger folks that are, who are coming out and even people who are in their careers is to slow down, be intentional about your steps and just make everything worth it because you know, you can spend your whole life in a career that you don't like doing a job that you don't like because society told you, but then what good does that do? Be uncomfortable now, uncomfortable space and figure out for yourself what it is that you really want to do. Is there any unspoken wisdom that you've discovered in your career field over time? And it may be that patient thing, you know, maybe, maybe what you shared about patience, but I was just curious if there's anything else. Specific to legal professionals? It may be or legal just, business. Okay. I would say, um, at least within the law, the one thing that I've learned, I don't always enjoy it, but I have um, discovered a skill set that allows me to figure out just about any problem. And I don't know the answer right away. Sometimes I do if it's something I've come across, but I know that I have gained a set of skills that will allow me to figure it out. And part of that comes with the maturity as well. So being okay and not knowing the answer, but always know that there is always a way out or a way to the next step or a way to the next level that what you are facing today isn't always the be all end all. There's always a way if you are patient enough, if you are looking in the right places, if you're reaching out to the right resources, there's always a way to get around whatever problem you have, whether it's how do I solve this contract dispute to how do I bring in 10 new clients to how do I get that promotion that I want in this business. Thanks for that. Now, if you had to recommend one book for someone just starting their career, what would it be? Uh, that's that trick question. Well, I what I do is that I look at reading lists and then I save all of them to this app called Pocket. So I have about, I don't know, probably 20 books that I need to read in my reading list and Pocket. I probably have 10 books um, on my bookshelf that I haven't read and then probably another 10 or 15 on my Kindle. So in that vein, Never stop learning, but one book that I really enjoyed once I started my career was The 4-Hour Workweek, and it made me, by Tim Ferriss, and it made me evaluate what's really important and what kind of lifestyle do I want. So we're taught to go to the eight to five or eight to eight job and to work hard and to do it. And we're supposed to be in corporate America and this is it. And it's no fun, but that's the life that you're supposed to live. The four hour work week taught me to look at it through a different lens, see what I wanted to do and to see what my end goal is. My goal is not to have this practice that sucks the life away from me. My goal is to have this practice that gives life to me and to the people that are around me. So I approach it differently than, you know, the big time, the big giants would, I guess. And I think that that book really helped open my eyes to that. That's great. That is an awesome book. And uh, he also has a great podcast mm -hmm. as well. So now, Asha, we appreciate you taking the time to be with us and dropping all this wisdom on us. Where can people find you and your work online? 
Right. Well, you can go to my website. It's www.thewilkersonlawoffice.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Miss, M-I-S-S, Asha, A-S-H-A-B-B-E-E. And you can also find me on LinkedIn, Asha Wilkerson. All right. Well, once again, thank you for your time and for your wisdom. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Today's show was sponsored by Meet Edgar. Quick question for you. If you post a tweet about something you think is important and no one sees it, did it have an impact? You're spending time writing, uploading, and scheduling updates, and they usually don't even get seen by most of your followers. Meet Edgar is the only scheduler that directly addresses that and stops your updates from going to waste by automatically saving and sharing them again and again over time. Because you're spending way less time on busy work, you can dedicate more of your time to creating dope content and actually interacting with your followers. They call it social media for a reason. Visit meetedgar.com to learn more and start your free 14-day trial today. And thank you, dear listener, for being with us. Did you find today's message valuable? Love the show? Subscribe at bit.ly forward slash NMRD support, all lowercase, and get podcast episodes, updates, articles sent directly to your inbox. Everything we create, everything we share is designed to empower you, the young professional of color, who are at the beginning of their career. Go ahead and move forward. We got your back. As always, our goal is to take you from invisible to invincible. I'm your host, Mike Ambassador Bruni, and the beat you're about to hear to close out the show is by Papa Doc. Peace.